0: Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised.
1: I always tell people on the Periscope, if you guys do not listen to Periscope, I say people that claim fifty percent and are doing big numbers typically are full of bull, right? You heard me say that geek.
0: Your attention, please, please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include fatter wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates and I will be your host. This is the show where we discuss how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the a.m. and the p.m., hence the name of the show. Get it? A.m. p.m. podcast. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I just finished eating two bowls of cereal. Two because I deserve it. And guess what, guys? While eating every last bite I was making money how cool is that pretty cool I think all right so today we are going to be doing our Thursday Q&A and as always I am joined by my good buddy the mastermind behind so much of what we do and my co-host for the Q&A's Guillermo Puyo. sake, Guy, will you please just finish your purple dainty fuzz berry protein smoothie and join me here for the podcast? All right, Gee, how the heck are you doing? I'm doing awesome, honey
2: I love I love your in- introductions, man. Why Why do you keep them so short, though?
1: Oh, all right. You got the extended. You keep keep lengthy... talking about me. <laughs> the lengthy <laughs> version. <laughs> but... Well, if we want it lengthy, I uh, I do have a question for you. As always, we have uh, Manny's question to Guy. Very serious, life-changing question for many of our listeners, I'd imagine. Are you ready for the first question, Guy? I was born ready. Okay, Guy, think about this one. What product do you think that the world can do without? Okay, can do without and if you had godlike powers, and it was up to you. You would absolutely make it so.
2: What product can the world do without? Actually, two products come to mind. Okay. Two. Two. <laughs> and the first one is selfie sticks. <laughs> I cannot stand seeing people in public places with selfie sticks.
1: Wait! I use a selfie stick almost daily when I do my periscope. But you're not in a public place.
2: You're not hanging around the
1: mall with a selfie stick. Uh, I might one day if I get out of this place and I start actually going into civilization with it. <laughs> I beg you not to. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know, I think it's just weird. <laughs> but, so selfie sticks would be one. Mm. And I think the marketplace is finally doing away with this. But squeaky shoes. Squeak. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. This there's, there's these little shoes for kids that with every step it squeaks. And you see these <laughs> kids running all over the place. <laughs> it's like a dog toy. <laughs> it's horrible man. Wow. It's horrible. That's the classic product that
1: a non-parent must have invented. <laughs> I know, right? I, I would. Yeah, I'd probably put a bullet in my head if that was around me all the time. I'm just saying. So, all right. Yeah. So that one, yeah, I could see that one being gone. Um, and if you had godlike power, there would be no more selfie sticks, and I'd be forced to use like a drone or something to to record myself while uh, doing my periscopes, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That right. one I should be neat, man. I'd be neat. I know. I what, yeah, I, I thought about that. I'm like, should I run a drone right in the middle of my living room? You know, just have it hover in, in space. You probably wouldn't be able to hear the audio, though. Just, you know, just be crazy. <laughs> that would be right. funny. Okay, so let's get to the first question of our Q&A. Take it away.
2: All right, let's do it. So the first question is um, was submitted by Jason Stone. Uh, it was actually sent through our website, so we, we have the recording. So let's go ahead and listen in. Alrighty.
0: Hey Manny and Guy. Uh my name is Jason Stone, and uh, my question for you guys is like, I am a a software designer, a video game designer, more specifically. And uh, for many years now, I have adopted the saying of the ideas are easy; it's the execution that's hard. Because you know, in software, it's very easy to come up with you know, hey, wouldn't it make a great game? If, but actually, making that happen is really where the the success comes from. So. My question is, with the advent of tools, you know, you can very easily search for things with under 50 reviews that are selling for more than 300 a month. They're in your $20 to $50 price range. Uh, product sourcing is important, but how much do you think that sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, decision paralysis affects people and keeps them from actually proceeding when, uh, in some ways, arguably taking action with almost any product uh, that sort of met those basic criterias would probably be able to be successful if their ability to follow through uh, was there.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Thank you for that voicemail question, Jason. That was awesome. And you have a, a really good point when it comes to people nowadays having software tools that allow them so many options as to what kind of product they can get into, right? But just the software that's out there can tell you fairly certainly anyways uh, what products meet your minimum criteria but how do you know when to move forward and your question was uh, specifically is how does uh, how much does this decision right when you have all of these options um, paralyze people from moving forward you know taking that first step into, the, into Amazon FBA did I get that right wasn't, wasn't that the question Guy? yeah i I think the question is all about the paralysis by analysis yeah so i always tell people especially on the periscope you know they're uh, on periscope episodes at some point you just got to stop learning and you got to take action right you got to just jump in and do it and the same thing um, applies to products and i was in that boat where i had like 15 different products that i I wanted to launch and it, it gets to a point where when you have too many options you just get confused and you don't you don't take any steps right so yeah I think that at some point you do you have to say you know what I'm gonna do this you pick that one product that makes the most and by making the most sense I mean I would probably use a few additional pieces of criteria I would say which of those products has the higher selling price point because that's going to give you potentially if if, if the numbers are right it's going to give you a higher profit margin I would also look at which of these products has the very Uh, or has a more uh, niche market you know it's niched down to a very very specific market something that people probably wouldn't think about normally right but if they're searching for it then you come up and there's probably less competition so I'd look at which one is less likely to be thought of just on the fly by people Um, and then I would say um, probably how unique can you make that product when you customize this when you go and you're actually making it officially a private label product I'm not talking about stamping your logo on it or changing the box I'm talking about actually changing that product the dimensions of it the size what it does you know you're adding something cool to it you've gone through the other product or the products that are in that that niche and you've read all the reviews and you see what people are complaining about fix those in your version you know how unique can you make that product relative to everything else if you if there's one product you can make way better than everything else you know um, I would go for that product versus another niche where maybe that product you can't really change too much so that's what I would do those are those that's my answer to that question
2: did you mention um, how likely it would be to expand a product into a brand
1: no I don't think he did he ask that question if you know
2: uh, I'm, I'm just saying that that could be another criteria to oh th- to yeah Select your product
1: a fourth criteria yeah okay so if you're trying to build your brand which you know Guy and myself always recommend then yeah that would probably be a fourth criteria. That's pretty important. I would probably use that as. I mean, if you're just starting out and that's your first product and you're looking just to kind of get your feet wet, maybe that's not quite as important because you you want to have a success. But long term, if you're if you have a long term goal on brands, then yeah, I would say, for sure. How how quickly how quickly how easily can you expand that out into additional complementary products? That's a good point, Gee. Really good.
2: I think something to to keep in mind is uh, I hear this and. I'm gonna say I heard it from Michael same many years ago, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, the the fact about paralysis by analysis and information overload, it, I don't think either one of those is is real. I mean, the, especially information overload. People say, "Oh, I'm I'm overwhelmed. There's too much information." But I've never seen anybody that walks into a library and just freezes. You know, there's so much information in, li- in, in a library and nobody gets overwhelmed. Nobody walks in and like and freak out and pass out, you know? Right. Because in in a library, you go in, you walk in, you're surrounded by information, but you're going there to find a specific book and you walk to the aisle, you pick up the book, you, uh, you sit down and you read it. So part of this information overload and paralysis by analysis tends to be a lack of focus. So I think it's important to, while you're utilizing the tools, have a focus, have a goal in mind and move towards that goal. So be able to kind of put those um, lines on to, to keep away uh, all the shiny objects and, and all these things that distract you from achieving that goal, which is lan- launching your first private label product. Have a, a goal in mind, have a criteria in mind, and Focus on that specific goal, and don't you don't have to analyze all the ifs, ands, or buts. Just get to that one goal, and then you can expand. You can you had a you had a goal when you started out this whole this whole thing, Manny, which was twenty five thousand in sales in the first ninety days. Yep, that was your goal. You were not thinking about how can I sell my brand, and which are some of the goals that we have now. It was just the main goal. And you you got to that point. You far exceeded your goal, right? But I think it's the ability to focus that's important as well.
1: Yeah, I, and I think if you there's a couple things, and, and I know this is kind of getting out of the scope of, of this question, but if you if you set small goals initially, and I know twenty five thousand dollars in ninety days might not seem like a, a small goal to a, a lot of you, but for me, based on where I was with with my current businesses, and based on what I had seen other people doing, you know, that were in this industry, I thought, you know what, twenty five thousand in ninety days is something that's achievable, and I thought it would be a a challenging goal you know something that I would have to work for um, it came a lot easier than I had expected but I hit that goal and then after I hit that goal it's like wow okay let's let's set the next goal and then at that point you, you and I were talking about you know brands and we're like well we really need to expand stuff and you asked the question you know should I be you know should should people be thinking about brands now knowing what I know I would say yes but initially when you're launching your first product you know you just want to get something out there you want to kind of it's almost like proof of concept right you want to show that you can do this so yeah that was a great question though yeah good stuff okay so oops. i have another another question for you manny hold on gee. i must ask you a question first you know the rules <laughs> unless this is a question related to the first question that was just asked no 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 i was just trying to I was just trying to skip this
2: Oh, there's no
1: skipping? These are important, life-changing questions, Guy All right I know, I'm I'm being selfish (laughs) Uh, Let's see, what question should I ask you? Mm. Guy, would you rather see a long black hair in your taco that you have already eaten halfway or would you rather look down at an apple you took a bite out of and see only half of a worm? I'm not very easily disgusted.
2: Um I would probably rather see the worm. The half worm. Because <laughs> I already ate it and I didn't feel it eating it, so oh all, all what's inside. <laughs> the hair is a little bit more disgusting but I'm not one of those that will start ganging if I see something gross.
1: Okay, interesting. Well I'm gonna there's a, a, another portion of this question because since we're talking about gross things what a lot of you guys don't know I, I might as well ask you, uh, you you might as well tell them what are your thoughts on cheese? <laughs>
2: um, I know where you're going with this do do? I like cheese as long as it's melted yeah. uh, grilled cheese sandwiches lasagna pizza I love
1: mm-hmm.
2: but the fresh cheese where somebody goes and cuts a slice of cheese
1: I don't do that. So I just sent you a gift, didn't I? You did. Can you explain what it is? Uh, It's a huge chunk of cheese. (laughs) Right, it's a humongous wedge of manchego cheese from Spain, so, and I don't think that will work well melted on, on a pizza or a cheese sandwich, although I've never tried that. But, so my question is, knowing that you hate cheese itself, like it repulses you, how many seconds would it take you to eat that entire big-ass block of cheese I just sent you without you melting it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. How many seconds would it take me to eat this whole thing? Um, try a million, man. I, <laughs> I would have to eat it, like, one tiny bite at a time and control, like, gag reflex. <laughs> oh, my like, God. I, I just hate the texture, man, that... The, Cheese to me has a rubbery
1: texture that I do not enjoy. Wow, so see, people are really learning a lot about you, they, yeah. know what you they know that you are uh, repulsed by cheese and selfie sticks. But I will eat half a worm. But you'll eat half a worm, yeah. <laughs> and a hair, a long hair in your carne asada taco really doesn't affect you all that much. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm weird. All right, enough with the shenanigans. Let's get on to question number two. All right, this is by far, by far the
2: best question that has been sent in. Have I seen this one? Which one are you talking about? Um, I don't think you have. Okay. Uh This comes from uh, Guillermo Puyol (laughs) and it says, you mentioned 50% profit margins are not realistic in one of your Periscope episodes. to really step back and consider who the source is when a claim like that is being made. But in the past, I have sold with over 50% margin. Just wanted you to know some people do get those type of margins.
1: Wait, was there a question there? Oh wait, let me turn that into a question. Uh, how do you like them apples? Gee, <laughs> oh, oh, calling me out on my own podcast, jeez. All right, how do we talk about? That? Okay, so that you, you—that's you, a really good point, Gee. I always tell people on the Periscope. If you guys do not listen to Periscope, I say people that claim fifty percent and are doing big numbers typically are full of bull, right? You heard me say that, Gee. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying everybody. By by no means, you know, there's always that. Uh, that outlier that some that person that has figured things out and and it's not coming from a, uh, a point where I'm not 50% so geez nobody else can be hitting it I get that you know I, I understand that if you have the right product you can do it so let's talk about that real quick um, first of all when I say 50% net profits you know I'm talking about all fees I'm talking about the manufacturing costs the shipping costs the FBA fees the referral fees from Amazon the pay-per-click fees any other fees you might have everything together okay I'm also talking about private label I'm not talking about anything else like retail arbitrage or anything like that where you might be able to control the pricing a little bit like with retail arbitrage you can go and you buy something for 10 cents at a garage sale and you don't have to ship it from China to get it to the US it's already here so you use Amazon's super cheap UPS shipping and you get it there and you sell it for 40 bucks so for sure you're gonna get way more than a 50% margin so that's not what we're talking about either. What I'm talking about is, for example, and let's let's figure out how to get this 50% margin. Let's say that you do what I I typically say you should do and, and shoot for, let's say, a $40 product. That's your selling price on Amazon, roughly, right? Let's say $39. You'd have to, let's, but let's round it up to 40 to make things even. You'd have to keep your fees at or below $20 in order to reach that 50% margin okay and we know that the referral fee on a forty dollar product is going to be about six dollars in most categories right it's fifteen percent typically and chances are that the FBA fee is going to be somewhere around four dollars and again that varies depending on size and weight so but we're just kind of simplifying here so that's ten bucks or six dollars and four dollars so that leaves another ten dollars for the product manufacturing and the shipping of that product the the packaging the whole nine yards there right and of course any pay-per-click that you're gonna spend once you get it here so that's ten dollars so that's not a lot okay but let's just assume again now that all your sales are coming in from organic listings okay you're not doing any kind of pay-per-click so now if you can get that product actually created and shipped out here from wherever it's coming for ten dollars right selling it for forty and all the other fees are aligned with what we just talked about then boom you're done you're at fifty percent profit margin and and that's achievable at that, at that $40 price point. That would be something that you've marked up essentially, um, you found a cheap product and you've marked it up 400%. So um, yeah, it can be done. Is it common? No, not really, um, but there are some people out there that are just wizards and can figure out which products can do that and, and they make it work. And I'm telling you, gee, now that you said this, I, th- I feel it's almost a challenge now that you said you've, you've done it. I'm gonna find a product that I got 50% margins on. I'm gonna do it. Yeah.
2: And um, all joking aside, I've, I've done that with uh, with arbitrage and that's actually quite common. Uh, but I, I do think it's important to, to mention, yeah, um, you mentioned that a lot. You say you, anybody that tells you they're getting 50% profit margin is, is lying. Uh, and yeah, I mean, most people inflate their numbers. Most people paint a half picture and that's why we always try to be as transparent as possible. I don't think it's common to get fifty percent. It's doable like you just showed. Um, chances are that if you are able to find and source the product and get everything as you just described, it might even be short lived. You you might be able to get to that price point and then shortly after somebody will jump on and it will likely become a, a price war. So there's a there's a lot of a lot of variables. So yes it's doable but I don't think it's something that people should be shooting for. No. Um, no, fifty percent. I, yeah, I think if if you are shooting for twenty twenty five percent margins, you're still gonna be able to have a healthy business, and your your options are gonna be a lot a lot more uh, plentiful. If yeah. if you're just searching for that fifty percent profit margin, you might be really shooting yourself on the foot and, and making your research a lot harder.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever said anybody who does 50% is flat out lying. I I try to make it clear that the majority of people that claim that are probably not being as truthful as they, they could be, you know, because of mm-hmm. course anything's possible and you could do it. Um, and I could do it too let's be honest there's simple ways of manipulating the numbers I can get a product right now I can find my cheapest product. let's say it's my bunny scratcher and I can I can stop all pay-per-click I can stop everything and just rely on the sales and let's just say the sale I'm only selling one unit per day okay with no cost no, no anything I can have a 50% margin on that product but what's the point of having a 50% margin if there's no volume okay there's a difference between having a 50% margin and doing 30 units a month right or yeah let's say 30 units a month versus having a 50% margin and doing you know 9,000 units a month okay doing you know 300 units a day because and typically in order to get to that kind of volume you've got to spend you got to be spending on pay-per-click and putting that product in front of everybody on that first page okay so um, I was, was something else I was gonna say but it slipped my mind now it was a good thingy but I can't remember but anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's that. 50%. Yes, you can do it, but don't shoot for that. Uh, oh, but, oh, I know what I was going to say. One of the most common questions we get on Periscope, Guy, is uh, people always say, uh, because I, let, let me back up a little bit. I, uh, I very often show my daily revenue numbers, you know, how much, how much uh, my sales are each day. Mm-hmm. And so one of the questions that everybody always asks is, well, how much of that is profit? How much is that profit? And that's, a, that's a good Good question. I, that's one of the questions I would ask, and I always tell people it's somewhere between twenty and thirty percent. It varies from day to day depending on pay per click and and the products that are selling. Because there's ten different SKUs, and sometimes products will sell. You know, a specific SKU will sell more than the other. But that's my. I mean, you you hit it perfectly, gee. That twenty to thirty percent is right where my sweet range is, my sweet spot. What is the lowest
2: margin that you would consider? Is there a a margin that's
1: too too low for you? Okay, if you're asking me specifically, yes. If you're, if the question is for, you know, if I'm teaching people and saying, you know, is should there be a too low of a margin? Maybe not. Um, I guess it just depends on a number of factors. For me, it it comes down to cash flow. So, let's just assume that I have a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, uh, a nice big even number for myself. Okay, and I, and that's all I've got to spend um, for the year, the entire year. Let's just say. Okay, if half of that is going to go to a product that you know a 5% margin and the other one can go to a product that gives me 30% you know the other half you know wouldn't it be better for me just to take the whole thing and apply it to the one that's giving me the larger return the 30% Um, that's what I would do I wouldn't spend at that point because I have multiple products and I have an option I would probably cut the lower percentage one even though it's profitable just because it's a cash float issue but if you're just starting out and you can run with a product and you can get ten percent return on your product and you can do this every thirty days, I mean that's like printing cash. Like we and you can't get it's it's hard to get that anywhere else, right? Stock market or anything, ten percent return in a year, let alone in a month. So, um, yeah, I think it just depends on the person, their cash flow, where they're at in their cycle. Do they have multiple options for products or is it their only product? But if it's, if, if it's their only product, I would definitely stay with it until you have another product that's blowing it out of the water and you can apply all your funds to that.
2: Okay, I have to ask a follow-up question because um, your answer is actually different than what I would think. Okay. Um, wouldn't you rather sell, if you say you're getting uh, let's say 10, 10% on one mm-hmm. and 30% on the other one, but if you're selling the the 10% one three times faster or, 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 or four times faster, then you're you're getting that those profits a lot a lot faster. So your volume is much higher. So you're actually kind of multiplying your money faster.
1: Yes, again if if the cash flow um, isn't an issue. If you're selling if the price points see this is a the thingy. There's so many different variables, right? There's always like a million variables. If the price points are exactly the same, if each unit is ten dollars and you can't afford to buy three or four times as much inventory per month at that price range to to get to that level that you just talked about, then it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. But if you can do it, then absolutely. Another variable to throw in there Guy, would be, okay, if you're making 10% on a product that costs you a dollar per unit, and you're making 30% on a product that costs you $20 per unit, that changes the whole game, right? Because now you can buy 20 times the volume on the other product that's 10%. You know versus the other one that's a 30 percent margin but it's it costs 20 times as much 20 dollars versus one dollar cost so that's another variable to throw in there so it, i guess there's no single answer but for me you asked me specifically what i would do i would take a look at at um i mean my products are all very similarly priced um i would take a look at at the float and which one makes me the most money um over the course of a month
2: yeah and i think this just goes to prove that there's no one one answer for every question. There's there's a lot of strategy in this business, and I think that's what separates the successful people th- from the the wannabes. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, anybody that just has a a, a single answer for everything is they're full of BS, gee, full of BS. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So that's that's all the
2: questions we have for this for this episode. Unless there's something else you want to add.
1: No, man. I, I, I just want to add that you, that you're
2: awesome. How's that? I, I think we have five
1: more minutes. So what else? What else do you think about me? Um, you're handsome just, and you're well built <laughs> and you're like an Adonis. And uh, should I keep going? No. <laughs> all, right, all right. I'm going to embarrass you. All right, guys. So that's it. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to uh, leave comments on our Facebook group if you enjoyed it. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. You know, we, we, we want to make things better. Um, as always, uh, go to our website, ampmpodcast.com. You can leave us messages there. Voicemail would be preferred over text. Um, and you can click on our Facebook group icon there on the website and join our Amazon FBA High Rollers secret group on Facebook it's secret until you're joined or until can I say that a little differently until you get approved to join um by Guillermo Guillermo is the uh the dungeon master I guess you could say when it comes to this so does, does that sound weird uh maybe a little bit. bit yeah I know so but yeah come join us and uh, check us out on Periscope follow uh, follow me there at Manny Coates and that's it that's all I got Gee. All right. Thank you,
2: Jason Stone, for your question. Yep. Thank you to everybody that has posted uh, feedback, uh, not feedback, but reviews on the iTunes store for the podcast. That really, really helps. And just thank you for listening, guys. I hope you're enjoying it and I hope you
1: have a great week. Yeah, and we'll see you next Thursday. Take care, everybody.